have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And today we're going to talk all about strap-ons and how to use them to have hot sex. Joining me today to share her expert knowledge and tips on using strap-ons is none other than Luna Matadas, a sex and pleasure educator and coach. I am so happy to have her back on my show to go deep about the fundamentals of strap-on sex. And later on today, I'll also be answering some questions from you the audience during Letters to Lexi. If you want me to give you some lectual advice with the bonus help of my special guest or guests each week, write into me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. You can also check out LexiSilver.com for more info. Now, before we start our chat with Luna, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to fearlessly embrace your lectuality with Luna and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about my special guest today. Luna Matadas is a sex and pleasure educator with over 10 years of experience in sexual health and wellness in her hometown of Toronto as well as internationally. She's worked with farmers in Eastern and Southern Africa, LGBT youth in Canada, and couples seeking threesomes all over North America. Oh, you perverts. As a private pleasure coach, Luna teaches small and large groups of sexually curious singles and couples seeking to spice up their sex lives with kinky sex, threesomes, and more, whether in casual or long-term relationships. Luna's approach to sex ed is trauma and equity-informed and prioritizes safe and accessible spaces for people to navigate barriers to confidence and pleasure. She has a playful perspective about sexuality that draws on the creativity, confidence, and communication skills we all need to fulfill our pleasure potentials. She also offers work workshops and webinars in a diverse range of topics. So be sure to check out lunamatatis.com to see your full listing of courses, blogs, and videos that will help you improve your body confidence, fulfill your fantasies and kinky desires, and improve your sex skills. As though she's not already busy enough educating us sexy folks, Luna is also a crafting goddess and has tons of incredible gear in her Etsy shop full of handmade nipple pasties, peg the patriarchy shirts, and fuck like a goddess panties. Welcome back to my show, Luna. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> I am so happy to have you back. And I mean, I love talking to you. We've already spent 40 minutes having a conversation before this recording, which I love. I just love that we had to do that. <laughs> it, was, it was like our foreplay for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What great foreplay. Maybe we'll have to do some aftercare. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be intense. <laughs> oh my God. Well, let's talk a little bit more about strap-ons. You know, we were talking before about what 
my strap-on looks like. I know you have a beautiful collection too. And, you know, some people are a little bit curious about what strap-ons are for and what they can do with them. So tell us a little bit about what kind of fun we can have with strap-ons. Ooh, so much fun to have with strap-ons. <laughs> Lots of people like strap-on play because it kind of brings in a different element of sex or sexiness. It can change up who's the giver, who's the receiver. It can allow you to play with even different sizes of the tools that you might have biologically attached mm. and you may want to try something either by having two attached or maybe a tentacle dildo and you want to fuck <laughs> someone with that. Um, it can also be a way to explore anal play for folks that maybe have never had anything in their butt. And it can also be a way to just kind of even like play with roles and mm -hmm. try like, what is it like to be the giver? What is it like to be the receiver? And it doesn't necessarily have to be about power, but it can totally just be about like, well, I get to do the thing. I get to be the one penetrating. I get to be the one penetrated. So there's so many different ways to kind of bring out the different fun flavors of strap-on play. Oh, that's so fun. And I love that idea because for those of us who don't biologically have a dick like myself, and we were talking about penis envy a little bit before in our private conversation. And, you know, I love the idea of being able to actually have something that I could give to someone. Fisting is one thing, okay, and it's great because my arm is attached to me, but having something attached to my hips that I can use in a way that somebody who does actually have a dick attached to them could use, it makes me feel really, really good. And it makes me feel good that I'm able to give someone the kind of pleasure that I can also receive as somebody with a vulva. So why is it though that some people are so intimidated by using a strap-on? Yeah. Um, some people struggle with the idea of even using sex toys in the bedroom and they mm. feel that because it's not skin, it might be something that feels like not as connected or intimate. It feels foreign because it's an object. Some folks also feel if they're not used to being the giver, that then it might say something about their personality. When I started doing strap-on play, I was like, oh, do I have to be more masculine? Do I have to be more butch? Do I have to mm. do this? And you can, you can totally use it to step into those identities but you can also just be yourself with now something that you've strapped on. And mm -hmm. like you mentioned, like that phallic power between your legs is something we don't have access to all the time if we don't have like a factory installed penis. And so <laughs> when we actually get to play with it, it can be something that's really powerful. And then for folks who are doing the receiving, so whether you have a vulva or you have a penis, it can also feel very vulnerable to be on the receiving end of something if you're just not normally in that uh, headspace or even in that physical space. So your body might close up when your mind actually wants to go forward. Oh, that's interesting. That that vulnerability, it's not something we really think about very much, but you know, having sex with anybody in any kind of way, there is a vulnerability associated with it in general, right? So being able to have strap-on sex or any kind of sex has a lot to do with, you know, the trust that you feel with your partner. So having those conversations in advance, you know, are great. And we're going to get into that later. I definitely do want to have some of your expert advice about how to have those conversations. We're talking about strap-ons. Some people think they're really complicated to use. So does it take an expert to use a strap-on? Yeah, absolutely not. You can like strap it on tonight and you can go with some basic tips and some good lube and, uh, <laughs> and you, you can try. And so the, the idea is that when we're taking a new skill or a new sex skill or we're exploring something, that we approach it with curiosity rather than performance. Mm -hmm. And so you might not get it right the first time. You might find like, oh, maybe I need a different harness or I don't like this dildo or my partner needs more time to warm up his butt or her holes or, or whatever 
whatever it is. And so I suggest that if you try it the first time and you don't quite get it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not for you. If you feel unsafe or triggered, that's different. But if mm-hmm. you kind of were just like, oh, I suck at this and you start kind of judging yourself, it takes practice. It really mm-hmm. takes practice to get used to that kind of motion, especially if you're the, the giver and there's a lot of like the equipment and the production of like the whole thing that's on you. And then if you're the receiver, <laughs> you know, maybe your butt's not opening up and you're like, damn, I wanted to get pegged tonight, but like my anus isn't ready. And so that might mm-hmm. take some more extended butt play before you can actually even be pegged. So it doesn't take an expert, but it does take, I guess, that willingness to learn, that openness, that patience with yourself, you know, like any other sex skill. When we first try something for the first time, you know, chances are it's not going to be exactly the way we want it to be. And, you know, if you're a perfectionist like me, that could be hard to contend with, but it is doable, right? It's doable. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, you know, just like any other sex toy, you try it, maybe it's not quite right. Maybe the harness doesn't fit you the way you want to. Maybe it's not as close to your body as you might want it to be. So if you're trying to buy a harness or a dildo for the first time, you really have no clue what you're doing, right? You've never, you have no experience in this. What do you do? How do you know what to select? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good question because there's such a range of harnesses that can either be in the form of like panties or briefs all the way to like, you know, leather, like with lots of buckles and hooks and all these kinds of things. And then there's sort of the stuff in between that might be made of nylon or more of a plasticky type of material or cloth or other types of non-leather materials. And so when we're looking for strap-ons, we definitely want something if we're going at it for the first time that's not at the super far end of quality. We want it to be somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. so that we get enough of a, a sense of like trying this harness on our bodies and trying it with our partners without really having to like go into like the $200, $300 range of harnesses. So you Mm want to look for something that gives you really good support to hold it against your body. A lot of the panties or briefs, they look cute, but they don't necessarily have the support for the weight of a dildo. And so it's going to be harder to control the thrusting motion. So look for lots of buckles. You definitely want something that's not jock style, two strap harness style. So it looks more of like a brief with the harness Mm -hmm. um, where you've got extra straps on your bum and not just down the middle of your crack. So that can help anchor the harness on your body. If you already have something and you're like, but Luna, I bought this kit and like I already have something. (laughs) You can try by helping the control of the cock or the dildo that's in your harness and just using your hand to hold it against your body while you're thrusting and not relying so much on the tightness or the tension that you're going to be getting from maybe something that's a little bit looser, like a brief or harness. That's really good advice. Having those panties or those briefs that have the dildo attached to it, it doesn't really leave you a lot of leeway if you're using a bigger dildo or something that materials are a little heavier. And having that control during thrusting is so important, especially for the giver. You want to feel like you can sustain something for a little while to get your partner going without having to stop and readjust all the time because that could kind of kill the mood for both of you, right? So there are so many different uses for strap-ons. You know, we were talking about, you were talking about pegging, you know, also for folks with vulvas or whatever to be able to play with them when a way to be that giver. So there are lots of different kinds of dildos. Do you recommend having maybe a different kind of dildo or a different kind of harness for different kinds of play with strap-ons? 
Yeah, totally. I think that if you're strapping it on for someone with a vulva, and so keeping in mind, like, whether you have a vulva or a penis, you can strap it on. There are definitely strap-on harnesses that accommodate for a biological penis and that allow you to just strap on the dildo somewhere else. So if you're strapping it on for a vulva, you want a dildo that has a little bit of a curve on the end. And so that's going to help you maximize getting into all those, like, juicy G-spots, all Mm. of, like, the wonderful, like, vaginal tissue that can be stimulated by more of a curved and a firm end. And when we're thinking about for people with penises, if we're penetrating the anus or someone with a vulva, if you're penetrating their anus, we want something that's a little bit straighter. It's not as important. Even though the P spot, the prostate is located in the anus, it's actually kind of hard to access that during strap on play because you're thrust. And so Mm. we're actually moving past the prostate. So it's Mm. not really necessary to have something that's curved. You want something a little bit straighter in both cases, but particularly for anal strap on play, you want to have dildos that are a little bit firmer and so even um, we don't want something like glass that's going to be really hard to like thrust with and you could potentially hurt the receiver but we do want something that's not super floppy so dual <laughs> density dildos are great you don't want a floppy dick that we're like trying to like shove into someone's butt it's gonna hurt um, <laughs> I just you got a funny a visual. Firmer. Yeah. Did you, did you get like my dick like I did. Wind, like, I, yeah. I did. I love the visual of the floppy dick. That's great. But that's no, that's good advice. So you're talking about dual density. Can you explain what that means? Sure, totally. So that means that inside the dildo, it's a little bit firmer. And then outside the dildo, the silicone is a little bit softer. So it kind of feels more fleshy. It feels more like a real or a biological cock. So it gives kind of the experience of anal tissue gets an opportunity to like open up more gently versus something Mm -hmm. that's a little bit too stiff and can just feel like it's stretching out and like irritating all those lovely little sphincters that we're trying (laughs) to delight. Um, (laughs) You definitely want to go on the smaller side too for the anus. I had someone show up at my house with a strap on and a dildo that was like the size of my arm and I was like Ooh. you know I get that that looks good and mm-hmm. maybe you can like I can strap it on and you can give it a blowjob but um, <laughs> for someone's anus I mean really nothing bigger than like two fingers if two fingers can't get in there you're not putting a dildo that's bigger than two fingers in there oh that's good advice and I think obviously you know size has a lot to do with your partner too and what their preferences are and where they're at with you know the kind of level of penetration that uh, that they are into but but, you know, you're also talking about just like how big the dildo is. And, you know, the reality is it doesn't have to be 10 inches long either to get those really sweet spots. It doesn't have to be super big. There's so many different varieties and you can play with a lot of different things. The great thing about harnesses is that you can put all these different kinds of dildos in it because they're made to swap out. So you can get really creative. And I mean, I've seen your own dildo collection. It you, is. <laughs> you seem to have one for every occasion or every partner. I don't know. It's hard hard to say. There's so many. It's, it's one for every outfit, basically. <laughs> for every outfit. Different colors, some with glitter, you know, some that are curved in a particular way. Yeah, I love it. I definitely want to talk a little bit more about that anal stimulation and pegging because it is a popular thing. Not everyone likes to talk about it, but there are a lot of great tips that I know that you have to help people have a more pleasant pegging experience. So, but for right now, I just want to take a super quick break and I want to tell everyone about the world's largest adult sex ed platform, SDC.com where you can find loads of information about sex, health, and relationships. Watch videos, listen to podcasts, and read articles from professionals all around the world like Dr. Jess, Marla Stewart, Dr. Elizabeth Sheff, John and Jackie Melfi of Open Love 101, Dr. Jamie M. Grant, and many more SDC contributors. And as a bonus, I'll add my name to that list because you can find lots of lectual resources on SDC.com, including this podcast. So we were just talking 
talking about all the fun things that you could do with strap-ons and also Luna's very enviable dildo collection, okay? I could only hope to attain that level. Okay, we're talking about anal penetration, anal stimulation, and pegging is great for folks with prostates and getting that stimulation going in a different way that maybe you can't really do necessarily with fingers or your tongue. Why is it that pegging is still considered so taboo? I mean, we are supposed to be living in this modern age where sex is a little bit more open and theoretically folks should be a bit more open-minded about the idea. So why is this still so taboo? Yeah, that is such a good question. And even the term pegging came about to try and help the taboo. And so <laughs> it was coined by Dan Savage in like the early 2000s, another sex educator who basically wanted to give a name to males um, who have a penis, so cisgendered males who are receiving anal sex from someone who's strapping it on. And so, you know, for everybody else, pegging is just called anal. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) there's already this like category of kind of thinking about it more of as a a fantasy and an experience. And so some people love the idea of pegging as being subversive and, and kind of being an opportunity to be either submissive or to be a bottom, to take it from their partner. And other people find that those kinds of intentions around pegging threatens something about themselves. So either Mm. threatens and makes them feel insecure about masculinity and how they define masculinity. And also people have this idea sometimes around the things that we do sexually say something about who we are as a person. Mm. And so it doesn't, pegging doesn't say anything about your values, your morals, your ethics, your sexual orientation. There's a lot of homophobia around cisgendered men playing with their anuses and that it's something only gay men do. Everyone has an anus. It's like the great gender equalizer. (laughs) (laughs) So the anus has a lot of nerve endings, a lot of opportunity for pleasure, and some people like it penetrated. And that stigma is really sort of hurting and uh, hindering people exploring that potential for pleasure that's in their butt, particularly because the prostate is in their butt. And you're right. It is the great gender equalizer. I love how you said that. It's so true. We all have butts. We can all put stuff inside them if we want to. For folks with prostates who have an issue because they're afraid that they're taking it from a female partner, that it means that they're gay or something. And that, that rampant homophobia, which you know, you'd think that we would have gotten over by now, is still present. So how can men and folks with prostate who are afraid of that and trying to get past all of that. How can they get over that stigma and learn how to experience that pleasure with their partner? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the, the ways that they can start to get over the stigma is to really think about like, is this what's holding me back? Is this why I don't want to do this? Do I have a conflict of like my intellect with my desires? And so being honest around, okay, this is something I feel really insecure about can also give us an opportunity to communicate that with our partners or to kind of regulate that thought ourselves, change that script. If they feel any shame around pegging, that was something they learned. Like society taught that to them. You know, our culture, our sex negative education, like all this stuff taught that to them. So we can unlearn it. So kind of like taking it out of our heads and like either putting it into our own practice or sharing that insecurity with our partners can sometimes be a place of relief. They can also try exploring playing with their own anus as a way of being curious. And so that can even just be the outside of the anus. So the next time they're taking a shower to just like even go back there and see like, what does that feel like? It doesn't have to be for the purpose of arousal and it doesn't have to be for the purpose of orgasm or insertion. If 
they already like that and they already find that it's okay on their own and it's part of their sexual self, but they just haven't tried anything with a strap on or with a partner, playing with their anus during masturbation can also be fun or during partnered sex with somebody else. And so doing the things that you already like done. So you already like your dick strokes, you already like your balls touched, and then adding in some external anal play and just seeing what that feels like. Does it make you feel kind of unsafe? Does it make you feel like any of those insecurities you have in your head are actually coming true? So doing some self-exploration and some good communication can be a really great way to start with that story. Mm, That's really good advice. And I recommend masturbation as being kind of the starting off point for any new kind of sexual exploration that anybody does, no matter what it is to, even if it's something small, right? Maybe, you know, you want to try nipple clamps for the first time and we all have nipples, PS, right? Another thing we could all do together. But yeah, so I think that's a really good way to get started with that, right? And, you know, having a little bit of that exploration under your belt and getting a feel for how you want to be touched in those different ways is a really good way to kind of warm up for it. And you hinted at that before. We were talking about warming up for anal play. And I know it's different for different folks and some people don't need as much warm up as others. We all need lube though. We all do need lube, a lot of freaking lube. But what's a good way to mentally and physically prepare to get pegged? Yeah, that's a great question. Mentally, definitely like getting into the fantasy or getting into the idea and getting aroused from our brain sends all these like messages to our body so that these little reactions of opening up our blood flow to the area is all going to be facilitating arousal. And so sometimes we enter these new activities by like going straight for the body and going straight for the technique. And that's not always the greatest way. We want to get ourselves into a really sexy kind of mood. So do the sexy stuff you already like. And then when you start to move down to the anus, you're going to do about like 15 to 20 minutes or more of external anal play. So that means externally uh, massaging the anus and whether that's with the heel of your hand or the tips of your fingers or your knuckles are a great thing to use on the anus. Anything that is going to relax the receiver so that they don't feel you're aiming for penetration. You just want them to relax into the sensations of their anus being stimulated. When you're ready to have a little bit of penetration, like you said, lots of lube. If you think you have enough lube, add more. (laughs) And we want like a long lasting lube, like something like a silicone or a hybrid of water and silicone. And then we're trying to just get like even the pinky finger in. And so the pinky finger is going to start to kind of circle around the anus and look at all those cute little crinkles there and see like, are they ready to soften and open up? And at that point, you never should really have to push or force anything into the anus. If there's pain and checking in with your partner during like any penetration and just being able to say, babe, like, is this, you need it a little bit shallower? Do you need it, want it deeper? Even encouraging them to move their body back onto your fingers or onto the butt plug or onto the dildo. And so they get to control the depth and they can bounce their bum back on the penetration. And also describing what pain might feel like. Some people feel in their heads that discomfort just has to come with anal, that anal always has to be painal, and it does not have to be painal, ever. Um, (laughs) If there's pain, it's probably going to feel like a burning sensation. And so to to cue for the the receiver that, hey, if your bum starts burning, let me know. I'm going to back off. We're going to give it a break. And making it really okay for your partner to communicate where 
where they're at. Oh, that communication is important, but it's true. So there is that difference between discomfort and pain. And obviously, you know, if you are feeling pain, tell your partner, you got to communicate that because you don't want to hurt yourself. The flesh inside of the anus is very sensitive. If you have a tear there, it could feel really bad and it's not as easy to heal as you might think. So you definitely, and you use it every day pretty much. So you want to make sure you keep that as comfortable as possible, as lubed up as possible to avoid those little micro tears that you might have. And I think that's really, really good advice. Also with like the mental preparation, the amount of time that you spend on the external stimulation, it's not just about the penetration. And you know, the first couple of times, and I think you'll probably agree with this, when you're priming your partner for pegging, maybe trying that external stimulation and just like that one finger over a period of time, getting your partner accustomed to experiencing that is a really good way to get started before you, you know, introduce a nice juicy dildo in there. Yeah. I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah. Like just leave the pressure of penetration off the table and a butt that's ready is more likely going to feel like more of a, like it's going to suck in. Is that a good anal, anal sucking sound? That was the best sound. Oh my God. Do it again. Do it again. I'll just put my anus on like the microphone and you can hear it. Oh my God. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just keep trying it as like external, no pressure. We're just trying to seduce that butt. We want that butt. We want the penetration. And as far as, you know, you're talking about communicating and everything like that, it's sometimes a little hard to do, especially when you're in the moment, right? When you're in the moment and everything like that, and even beforehand, right? Like telling your partner that you want them to use the strap on you, you want to get paid, you want to do that. It could be a little bit, you know, because of all that shame that you talked about that, you know, we learn. How can we put all that aside and start to have those conversations with our partner, not just to introduce the idea of pegging, but also throughout the process of getting pegged to keep those lines of communication open and to not feel shy about telling our partners what we want. Oh, I love that. I think that so much of the way that we've been taught about sex is that it's supposed to just sort of happen. And like, you know, we don't have to talk about it. And we didn't learn in school how to talk about our desires or to communicate or to even invite that kind of conversation. And so when we start adding more communication, then uh, we usually have, it can feel a little bit awkward. It can feel like, oh my God, I'm in my head. I'm not in my body. But over time, it actually becomes part of your, it's like social lube for sex. Like (laughs) communication, like keeps all that stuff there. It actually anchors you in more mindfulness. It allows you to readjust in the moment and sometimes we've all gone along to get along with something that we were like oh I don't know how to stop this or this is not what I thought it was going to be but I don't want to disappoint my partner so even being able to have the words if you're not sure what's happening in the middle and you just know that something's not that great just be like babe can we take a little break and babe I need a little break is a way to kind of allow things to settle a little bit without canceling sex completely it's just like let's get some water let's wash our hands let's make sure butt stuff's staying in the butt and then you get a chance to like readjust without the vulnerability of it being in the moment and you can both kind of vibrate at the same level. I also think that it's really fun when you start to explore a fantasy, especially one like strap-on play where there's a lot of equipment, to do the shopping together. And I mean, we're all like online now. (laughs) And so like, (laughs) you know, let your partner who's the receiver pick the color and shape of dildo that they're interested in. Mm. It's a harness that makes you feel super sexy. And 
and maybe it's in a color that they like because they're the ones who are going to be looking at it. So doing kind of like the process of preparing for strap-on play or for your pegging night from everything from the shopping, setting up the room, setting a scene, making it a special space where you're going to be able to do this thing together and you're co-creating it together can sometimes aid in the communication that it's not just like, I'm showing up with my butt and you're going to do the thing to me. <laughs> uh, like, I'm also going to have performance anxiety. Can I do the thing? Can you do the thing? <laughs> and then checking in with just binary questions, like harder, faster, softer, slower, that can sometimes encourage someone over time to speak up about like what's going on. Absolutely. And, you know, the whole idea of sex in general and anything that you do sexually with your partner is to have fun and to give pleasure to each other. And chances are, and I really hope so, uh, that for this is the case for everybody, is that your partner wants you to have a good time. They want you to feel good. They don't want to cause you pain unless you ask for it. That's different. That's a whole other podcast. But for this <laughs> podcast, talking about anal, we don't want it to be painful. We don't want to hurt our partner in a negative way, right? So I think that's really great. You know, the checking in, the saying, I need a little break. That's totally fine. Your partner's not going to say, no, I'm going to continue. You take that break, you regroup, and then you can get back to it. And you're probably going to feel more relaxed and it'll be a lot easier to kind of move forward from there or backward or sideways or whichever way you want to move. <laughs> <laughs> up and down and up, yeah. yeah 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 round and round <laughs> and I know that you have some really great tips also about how to use a strap on and like getting into it creating a sexy scene you know beyond the going shopping together which I think is such a brilliant idea I love it and I want to talk about that in a sec but right now I just want to invite all of you lectual people to prepare yourselves for the erotic journey of a lifetime my upcoming collection of erotic short stories mating season is set to be published super soon so don't miss it. Get all of my lectual news at LexiSilver.com where you can also subscribe to my newsletter and you can connect with me for juicy excerpts of my stories on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at LexiSilver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. So Luna and I were just talking about some tips to get you more accommodated and warmed up for anal and for pegging specifically. And in your webinars and workshops, because you know you do some amazing work with that, I want you to tell everyone afterward how how they can get in touch with you and how they can take one of your courses. So you talk about how to create a sexy scene when you're using a strap on, right? What kind of tips do you have for couples who are starting to, you know, try pegging for the first time? Ooh, okay. Ooh. This is so exciting. Um, <laughs> so you're trying, trying pegging for the first time. I think one of the things to think about when you're creating a scene is the ambiance. Mm -hmm. And so you want to sort of change, you know, your regular space. It's your bedroom, whether you live together, you don't live together, you want to change that space to make it something that's inviting and that support whatever is going to be happening. So set up if you like candles, if you have a sexy pegging playlist, if you have anything also that you might need for anal play. So if you want to put down a towel, you want to have your lubes out, maybe your butt plugs, your toys. I have a little butt basket that I like go and I like cherry pick all the things that I want to use and then I bring it over to the bed. So... <laughs> All right there. Your creativity never ceases to amaze me. I swear. I love that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'll make you a butt basket someday. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then once you've got everything sorted there, you set up your physical space. You also want to create that body connection to the moment and that mental connection. And so the mental connection is, it could be that you were flirting all day. Maybe you were sexing each other or you were leaving like little, maybe I left the dildo next to your coffee in the morning. So I know what 
what's happening tonight. Maybe I wore my strap on out to dinner under my clothing so that you kind of know it's there. Maybe we put a butt plug in you. So think of all the ways that you can leave these little breadcrumbs for the evening. And so these sexy little breadcrumbs are going to lead your body and your mind up to the moment. And then in the moment, also thinking about sometimes when we try a new technique, especially anal, we just focus on the ass and we forget that the person has an entire body. (laughs) And so even starting with like a massage, maybe for each other or maybe just for the receiver and ignore the penis, ignore the anus. We're just going to like get the body aroused. We want to bring all that blood flow so that they start to relax. Because what happens with anal is that sometimes one of our nervous systems governs our sense of vulnerability and our emotions. And then the other one is kind of governing our physical muscles. And even though we're doing our best to release the muscle, our sense of like, oh my gosh, like I need to be in this moment can start to become a barrier. So our butt might be in the mood, but our brain isn't. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the things our partners like. If he likes his nipples sucked, if you both like making out, if you want ear kissing or neck sucking or any of these other things to kind of like bring them and vibrate them at this level of sexiness. And then you can move to the butt stuff. Yeah, I love that. I like also the idea of that foreplay. You're going out and you're wearing a butt plug or you're wearing your strap on under your clothes. That's so hot. I love it. And that, you know, leaving a dildo by your coffee. Oh my God, that's so funny. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. I got such a visual there. That's awesome, especially to kind of take the pressure off and keep it fun, right? We The whole idea, like we were saying before, it should be a fun experience, right? Sex doesn't have to be serious. And what about, you know, for folks who are, in a typical heterosexual couple, men and women who are having a threesome with a woman for the first time. And maybe they've never used a strap-on before. And it's exciting. It's exciting at the prospect of being able to do that. How can you kind of get into that sort of scene beforehand and also during, like right as it's about to happen? Yeah. Oh, that's actually filled with so much hot potential. I think like thinking about, you know, who's going to receive the strap-on? Is it everyone's maybe going to receive the strap-on or is one person going to strap it on and maybe penetrate both people? What holes are we talking about? Mm. And so there's lots of room to kind of play with what's on the menu. And so having those conversations about like, okay, well, who wants this and who wants that? If the person with the vulva is game for it, you can also ask them to show you with a dildo, like how they like to be penetrated. So watch what position they put their body in. Watch what the depth is of the dildo. Watch what the thrusting motion is so that you can take that in as information to mimic during when you're going to penetrate them. So eroticize the toys, eroticize the equipment, bring it all into play with this curious approach that doesn't make any assumptions about who's receiving and who's giving. So whenever I'm on Tinder and if anal comes up in one of the conversations, usually with a cisgendered like heterosexual man, and he'll say like, oh yeah, like I love anal. And I'm like, oh yeah, me too. And then he'll say, yeah, I love to pound it in hard. And I'm like, oh my God, I love to pound it in hard And then he's like, wait, what? (laughs) And so, you know, these assumptions are like all around gender, right? It's all around like who's going to be the giver, who's going to be the receiver. And once we let go of that sort of pretension, it actually opens up new ways for us to get turned on. And so if there's another way to be turned on, I want to know. So within a threesome, you've got two more bodies than normal. So you're able to kind of do things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do. So involve everyone in those things. So maybe someone holds the dildo 
while someone else sits on the person that has strapped it on. Maybe someone fillets the dildo and then gives it head and that dildo is going to go into somebody else's body. So mm. it's like we're all sharing the cocks that are available. Ooh, that's awesome. And I <laughs> like how you said the ass options because, but it's true. I mean, you know, there is that very heavily gendered idea of who the giver and receiver are going to be. So the strap-ons really do equalize that, right? It gives you the option to do a whole bunch of things. So I like that idea of involving everybody in the process, right? And the whole idea too of having a threesome is everybody gets to share in the fun, right? There's so many more erotic possibilities that can happen once you open your mind. I thought about when you said erotic uh, possibilities, because there's also the worry for sometimes in threesomes with the person with the penis that they're not going to be able to last for both vulvas. Their Mm -hmm. erection isn't going to be long enough. So now you've got a strap on. So the person with a penis can also strap it on and continue giving penetration to the other two vulvas, as long as we're changing the condom in between on the dildo as well. For sure. And also like it gives breaks and it kind of takes away that pressure, like you were saying, you know, the the need to perform because Uh, dildo doesn't get tired, right? It doesn't have a refractory period. It can keep going all night, you know? So that's a fun part too. It really extends play if you can add something like that into the mix. Just kind of like how you'd add a vibrator or any other kind of sex toy into like that kind of a sexual scene. So yeah, that's a really, that's really, really great tip. So we were talking a little while ago about if you're a top, right? You're the giver. You are using a strap on for the first time and you have never used those movements in your life. And you know, you're using your body in ways you never did before. And you really don't know what to do because you've only ever been a receiver. Okay. I know that when, for myself, the first time I used it, I was like, I'm inventing new things. I didn't know my body could move this way. Oh my God, how do men do this? I had no idea what to do. And it took a little bit of trying to figure it out. So to maybe, I guess, shorten the learning curve for some other folks, what kind of advice do you have about how to know what to do? Where do you get started if you're giving for the first time? Okay. I have the best pro tip ever. It is what I I also use with people that are new to like pegging or strap on play. So that, that, that description you had about, oh, like that thrusting is such a new motion for our bodies. And so without any equipment, without any harnesses, without any dildos, practice that thrusting of bumping of the genitals against each other. So if it's someone with a vulva, like practice bumping and thrusting your body, it actually feels super (laughs) sexy if you have a vulva because it's vibrating against all of the clitoral nerve endings that are available in our moaned pubis or like our mound. And so that gets pounded as we're thrusting. If it's someone um, that you're penetrating, you want to uh, peg them or you want to penetrate their ass, even putting them in a position that you would actually give that penetration and like thrusting against them. So we're allowing our body to just feel how sexy it is to thrust and use our hip and center all of our energy and sensation around our pelvis. And then also thinking about giving the power of the penetration over to the receiver. So allowing them to thrust back against you. If you want to sit down or lie on your back with your dildo, allowing them to kind of squat over it and just see what that feels like. And I would start as slow as possible. If it feels awkward, if it feels like, you know, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get this in? Or like, am I going too slow? It doesn't matter. Like you don't have the biological feedback from a dildo that someone with a penis has from a biologically attached penis. Mm. So we don't have a good sense of like, okay, well, does this feel good? So we're really focusing on like giving pleasure and getting pleasure off of giving. And so with someone with a vulva, you know, go in as far as is comfortable. Sometimes we might bump the cervix if it's too deep. And for lots of people that feels too intense. And likewise for the anus, go really slow. And once you're in, you don't necessarily have to thrust all the way out and then thrust back in. Mm -hmm. It's actually good to keep the dildo in and kind of swivel your hips or take it out a little bit and then push it back in. 
the anus benefits a lot from horizontal pleasure and not as much from like vertical pleasure. So even deep fucking sounds, you know, like it's porn, it's very fun and like very erotic, but it isn't necessarily maximizing the nerve endings in the anus. And for a beginner, you don't really need to do that. Oh, those are great tips. You said a pro tip. Those are like 30 tips in one there. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Pegging enthusiast. (laughs) Jeez, where were you when I did this for the first time? Oh my. I don't know, where was I? I <laughs> That's an even better question. But hold on, I'm asking the questions here. I know, I know. Okay, okay, it's all you, it's all you. So, you know, those are great tips for being a top. And, you know, if you're a bottom and you've never gotten before, you've never been a receiver of that kind of pleasure, what can you do to make it a little easier on your top who also maybe, maybe they're doing this for the first time and really don't know what they're doing? How can you try to facilitate the experience for them so it's easier? Yeah, there's lots that bottoms can do. And sometimes as a bottom, we take the recipient identity <laughs> and it just becomes like, oh, everything is going to be done to us and for us. And so we, we need to, to give our tops some cookies, you know, yeah. give them some affirmation, enthusiasm so that they feel comfortable continuing to go and explore and also be where they're at. So what that can look like is being saying like, oh, yes, like that feels good or like it's perfect or deeper or I feel good and being authentic about it. Because often I've had partners where they're like, yeah, I, it, it feels really good. And you can tell they're, you know, it doesn't feel good. They just want to be able to take it. <laughs> so, you know, like watching someone's face like squinch up in pain and they're saying something conflicting, like that doesn't instill confidence in your top. <laughs> Other thing to remember, and if you need a reminder, tell your top about it, but remember to breathe. When we're, we start to receive anal penetration, sometimes we stop breathing and we just hold our body tense and we're like waiting for the pain. And so to remember to like breathe and whether that's an exhale of like, oh, I feel so fucking hot being fucked by you. You know, it can be sexy. Like it can be in the moment or it can just be like... And just remembering to like allow that blood flow to happen. Oh, the breathing is really, really important. I think sometimes we forget to breathe during that kind of penetration or during those kinds of situations because, you know, either we're bracing ourselves for something like you were saying, or, you know, we're just in our own heads for a second. We just kind of forget that our bodies are involved. Uh, So those are great tips. And uh, I think we have some other great tips to offer for some of the audience members who have sent in their questions. And I really want to see how many we can get through today. Sure. So now it's time for Letters to Lexi. I'm going to give you the shameless, no bullshit answer your friends might not have the titanium ovaries or balls of steel to tell you. No question is ever too taboo or queer or weird, so don't be shy. I love getting your messages, so keep sending them in. Write into me at Lexi at SDC.com and connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, a silver with a Y. So I chose a couple of letters that I think Luna could help me out with. So this one is from Vicky in Montreal. So I am a lesbian and my girlfriend is really into penetration. I want to pleasure her, but I've tried using strap-ons before and they feel so silly and I'd rather not use them. Can I get over that or should I just tell her that I don't want to use a strap-on to fuck her? Well, I think that if you care about your girlfriend and she's requesting something and she's saying, hey, this is something I want to do. And maybe you've used strap-ons with other partners before. I'm not entirely sure why maybe you didn't have the greatest experience, but I think it's worth a shot to at least try it with her. I'm not going to say like fully get over whatever issues you're having, but just because you had a negative sexual experience with other people and different scenarios, and maybe there were reasons for that, maybe you weren't in the right state of mind, doesn't mean that it won't be a good experience if you try it again with someone else. So I think it's okay if you want to communicate with to her that you've had not great 
great experiences in the past, but you want to try that with her just so she may, maybe knows that going in. And so if you're feeling any kind of trepidation or anxiety and she maybe hears that and interprets it in a particular way, at least you're being transparent. I've tried it. I don't really love it, but I would be happy to try that with you. And then starting off with that kind of communication, I think is key. And then try to think back about those experiences that you had in the past. Was it maybe a partner? Maybe they didn't communicate things to you. Maybe they didn't have a good experience. So that made you feel like you weren't doing it right. Maybe you are lacking confidence in your skills, in which case Luna is here for you. <laughs> she could definitely help you out with that. Having that sexual confidence, knowing they have more, a better skill set might help you have a better experience as the giver. So those are just a couple of tips. Luna, what do you think? Yeah, I think those are amazing tips. I think it's spot on about allowing the anxiousness and insecurity about like it feeling silly to coexist with like the excitement of like getting to please your partner. It doesn't sound like this person feels like unsafe or triggered by doing the thing. It's just like, it's not my thing. And I think sometimes we can experiment even if we didn't like it the first time. So maybe change up the dildo. Like if you don't like a phallic looking dildo, get one that's not like get it in a color that like turns you on about it. Get one that's an internal dildo that um, also has like a piece that can stimulate her vagina. And also with strap on harnesses, we talk a lot about pelvis ones. Sometimes folks don't like the idea of that phallic power. And so having a strap on that's on another part of your body, like a thigh harness or a hand harness or like, mm. you know, like a boot harness or whatever can still give that option for penetration without it being focused on like, oh, look, I have a cock. And so mm. depending on what like the silliness is about it, if it just feels silly using toys, or I think you made a great point about something that feels silly with somebody else could feel great with this person. And putting that out there, like put that vulnerability out there. I love loved the way that you phrased it. Just saying like, hey, like this feels kind of silly for me, but I really want to do this for you. Can give her partner an opportunity to be really affirming and show her like how much she likes being fucked. Oh, that's so creative. So, you know, that idea of using even a, a boot harness or, you know, um, a thigh harness, those are things, you know, usually when people think of strap-ons or harnesses, they think it's got to be pelvic. It's how, it's hip related. You know, you got to you gotta thrust in a particular way. So also those could be really good ways to remove that whole thing of maybe I don't want a phallic look. So those are great tips. So creative. I love it. All right. Let's see if we can give some insight to Jen. My boyfriend and I are finally getting ready to have a threesome with another woman for the first time. Yay, Jen. I'm excited but freaking out because I've never been with another woman before. Should I go out and get a whole bunch of toys in case she wants to play with them? Am I overthinking this? What do I do to make sure the experience is as hot as it is in my fantasies? Okay, so maybe you are overthinking. I don't know, but it also sounds like you just want to have a really fun experience and you want to make sure she has a great experience, which is great. That's a great great starting off point. Okay. Definitely points for that. But you know, to make sure an experience is as hot as it is in your fantasies, I'm going to throw this out there. You might not like my, what I have to say, but chances are there are very few experiences you have in real life that are as hot as they are in your fantasies. Because guess what? In real life, you have people involved. There are different scenarios, certain things could go wrong. And all of those things are okay. They are all fine. It doesn't mean you have a bad experience just because it's not exactly the way you pictured it in your mind. That's so that's fine. So remove already that idea from your head that it will be as hot as it is in your fantasies. Maybe it'll be hotter because there it involves real people and a real experience that is not a construct of your imagination. Okay. So 
just keep that in mind moving forward. Now, it's super exciting that you're doing this for the first time. Take a little pressure off of yourself, okay? Just because you've never been with another woman, it doesn't mean that, you know, you need to go out and buy a whole bunch of different toys and just in case she wants something specific. Now, maybe you can talk to her about it. Has she ever been with another woman? There is often a lot of communication that goes into the planning a threesome, right, in general. So if you already have that kind of open dialogue beforehand, you also keep that dialogue while you're together, which is super, super important, especially if you are involving her in your relationship in some way because you want to have that communication open. Maybe she has some toys. Maybe she's thinking the same thing as you. Maybe she's like, oh my God, I'm going to bring all the toys and who knows what she's going to like. But maybe she has a few that she really likes and you have some that you really like and you could come together with your little collections and then try them out on each other or yourselves. That's something that you want to try. But you don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of things. That's not necessary, right? You can always work with what you have for the first time. Take a little bit of pressure off, right? Just kind of have a bit more of a go with the flow experience and see how things feel as they develop authentically and naturally. You don't have to set up an entire scene because you might set yourself up for disappointment. Just keep it really natural. And like I said, really that communication is super essential and it'll also break the ice. Maybe she's feeling nervous too. So having that conversation in the beginning is really key. And then you're going into it knowing that you're on the same page. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Luna, what do you think? Those were amazing thoughts. <laughs> threesome thoughts from Lexi are always good. <laughs> oh, I love your threesome thoughts too. That's why, and, and if anyone's listening and they want more tips on how to have a threesome, we've done a podcast together before myself and Luna. Definitely listen to that. We'll do a sequel to that at some point in time. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I can't wait for the sequel. That'd be so good. <laughs> um, I think um, I think it's, it's such a thoughtful concern that she wants to be able to like, think about like pleasuring this person. And I thought, I think she's starting off on the right foot. And kind of also like recognizing that like not everybody's body is the same. So the skills that we want to build up in techniques or equipment are an important part of of us pleasing people. But the skills that we really want to focus on are the ones that you gave advice for. So things around communication, things about like being really mindful of like, oh, like, am I doing the thing that she wants? How do I know it's the thing that she wants? Have I asked? Have I checked in? And then the confidence part of approaching something new or someone new or a new body. When I was first discovering um, my queerness and like sex with other women, I was also worried about, oh my gosh, like, am I going to be able to eat pussy? Am I going to be able to get my pussy eaten by somebody who has a pussy? Am I going to, like all these like things were running (laughs) through my head. And what I realized in my first experience was more about how do I connect with this body that is in front of me right now? And that required me letting go of rejection or favor. I'm just going to do things and I'm going to check in with like, did this work for you? Not am I the best at this thing or the worst at this thing? And so I think even like asking her like, yeah, like what toys do you have? Do you play with toys? Is there a toy that you want to bring? Is there a toy that you would like us to get for you? Is there something that we could all use together? Maybe she has an octopus fantasy. You get a tentacle. I don't know. And and then asking her about her underserviced erogenous zone. So all those hot spots, like our ears, our neck, be like, you know, hey, where are like five spots on your body that like just don't get enough attention? Where can we direct our sexiness into you? And also asking her about like, is there anything that she needs to be feel safe? 
And so like part of your pleasure for her is making sure that you're not all of a sudden going to try and stick something in her butt if that's what she's not into, or you know, you're not all of a sudden going to try and put her head somewhere where she doesn't like it or put your head somewhere where you think she likes it. So even just asking about not just boundaries, but turned off. So mm-hmm. things that aren't going to make her feel unsafe, but they're definitely going to take her out of her body and into her head. Oh yeah. Those are amazing tips. And again, you know, this all centers back on communication and openness and having that, those communications skills are great no matter what partner you're with, no matter what kind of experience you have and being open and being honest and making sure that you are checking in with people while the sex is happening between the sex. It's really, really, really key to having a good scene no matter what the situation is. So those are skills you can adapt to threesomes, foursomes, moresomes, whatever you want to do. All right. So we have one more question. So Mark in San Jose wants to know, it's always been a fantasy of mine to try to stimulate my prostate. I've tried on my own and it feels good, but I can never get myself to the point of release. I want to try it with my wife, but I don't think she's into it. She's told me before that anal sex is messy. She'd rather just have regular sex. How do I tell her that I'm really into the idea and still want to explore it with her? So I think it's great that it sounds like you already brought that up to her. Maybe you didn't get the answer you wanted originally, but it's good that you already have a little bit of communication going. So as far as anal sex being messy, it could be messy, but that's fine. That's part of what butt stuff is all about. It could happen. If you want to minimize that a little bit, all you got to do is just get yourself a little bulb douche, you know, little anal douche. It's not a big deal. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to do the whole enema thing if you really don't want to, which an enema will, it will do a much more deep cleaning. As far as prostate play goes, if you really just want to clean out, you know, the anus itself, um, the, the rectum rather, um, you can just get an anal douche, clean it out, and you, you'll see a lot less mess happening. And it'll be maybe more comfortable for you psychologically, and you'll be able to focus more on the pleasure and less on thinking about the mess. So that's my first tip for you. As far as that goes, even if you're just just playing with yourself. Now, as far as your wife goes, telling her that you're into the idea, especially if she said that she's not really into it, and if her main holdup is that it's messy, you can already take that away by explaining that you will happily clean yourself out if that's something you want to do. And, you know, as far as stimulating your prostate, that's great that you've tried on your own. So presumably, if you do have a good sex life with your wife, maybe you can try to incorporate that kind of play. Maybe show her what it is that you do when you're stimulating your prostate without her doing doing it just to show her what it would look like and how it might be pleasurable for you. Just kind of like how we masturbate in front of our partner sometimes to show them what we like, right? Sort of a similar idea. So that could be a nice way to break the ice without her getting into you, like actually physically doing anything. You could just show her how you do it to yourself. And maybe she's feeling a little bit out of sorts. Maybe she's never done this before or is kind of uncertain about her skills or if she'll even know what to do. That kind of uncertainty can make a lot of people feel uncomfortable about trying new things. So maybe that's a little hang up that she has as well. I don't know what her hangups are. And clearly you don't either because you haven't had that conversation yet. So starting with that conversation would be great, but also just, you know, being kind of gentle with it. It's a stepwise process. You're not going to go from never having tried it before to she's going to have a strap on dildo when you're asked like at the end of the night, it's not going to work that way. Okay. So take a little pressure off of that and maybe start to think of ways that you could bring it up to her. Luna, what do you think? Yeah. I love all those tips. 
Pitts, I think they're so thoughtful about respecting kind of her hesitation, but at the same time, like advocating and explaining your pleasure and finding creative ways to, to go around it. I like the idea of him putting in a prostate play toy and putting on a show for her and maybe she also masturbates or she watches him and just kind of takes it in and he gets to feel kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist or getting a prostate toy that has a remote control. And so giving mm. her the option to like control the vibration so she feels she's participating in the pleasure without getting too close to the action. It also could be something if she's open to it to talk about ways to manage that mess and, you know, using things like nitrile gloves or latex gloves or condoms on the prostate toys, having a butt towel <laughs> like out there <laughs> dedicated, a black towel or navy towel. And a lot of folks have a hard time eroticizing the anus because we've spent so much time through our hygiene and sanitation to learn how dirty the anus is. And so managing that kind of stigma in our head can sometimes be a little bit of a challenging point. And it can be really hard to be like, this is okay. Soap and water takes care of all this stuff after because it is a butt. You're right. Like there might be a mess that comes with that butt. And then the other thing I would suggest is sometimes having a dedicated date for the kind of pleasure that you want. And it's a little, it feels kind of selfish. It feels like it's all about you. Set up a prostate date where the goal is to like bring you pleasure and then set up another date where it's about her and it gets to be all about her, whatever she wants to try or whatever she wants to do so that we don't have to worry about her arousal at the same time that we're trying to get her to connect to you liking this prostate stuff. Ooh, a prostate. I like that. A oh prostate. Yeah. Patent that. <laughs> oh, you can you can use that. You do so many more courses on this than I do. This is definitely more your area of expertise, which is why you're here. I think those are really great tips. And I think there's a lot to say about taking the pressure off, having a, a date that you're allocating to your partner and their pleasure and making it really all about them and then having that opportunity to do that also for yourself. That's really, really fun. I think that works for pretty much anybody in any relationship. So yeah, those are great tips. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Luna. You're welcome. So that wraps up this week's Letter to Lexi. If you want me to answer your question about sex or relationships, email me at Lexi at SDC.com or find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. And that's how you can reach me. And Luna, how can we reach you after this and tell us how we can get to attend those amazing webinars that you have going on? Yeah, yeah. I can be found at LunaMatadas.com. And if you go to LunaMatadas.com, you'll see right up on the front page upcoming sexy webinars. And so I've got one on pegging skills coming up in April. And uh, there's one next week around confidence. So check those out for sure. And on my site, you'll also find my brand, which is Peg the Patriarchy. And so if you're into that, there are stickers and shirts. And I've just launched these really cute sex toy bags that actually hold a whole bunch of stuff. And one of them is Ain't Too Proud to Peg. And so you can have <laughs> love it. I love all it. your harness all your things in it. So definitely check out my my Etsy shop, which is up on my site too. Oh my God, you have such cool crafts there. You know, that slut bag that you have also, which I have to get one of. Oh my God, I have one of your t-shirts already. As yes. you well know, Luna's so good at crafting those uh, beautiful nipple pasties. You have got to see those. Go check out her Etsy shop and yeah, and, and follow her at all the things. You always have so many great posts about body confidence and great sex tips. So thank you so much for sharing those with us today. And I know we'll be doing a lot more talking. So thank you again. And it was an absolute pleasure having you back. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation. Great questions. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for everyone who joined us today. That's it for this week's episode, my lectural friends. Don't forget that you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek, discover, and connect at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you could always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality. 